Dave. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 53. Wow. Dave Browell, my man. Happy How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. So Dave, what we'll do is we'll just fill people in a little bit, tell them who you are, yeah. why you're here, what the background is and all that kind of stuff as well. So just tell us a little bit about yourself first, Lash. Um, my name's Dave. Uh, a lot of background in restaurants generally, um, hospitality, sales as well, a little bit. Um, 31. So travelled a bit as well. I went to lived in Australia, Sydney for two and a half years. Um, first job worked in a bar when I was 15. Um, more of a like, pub, restaurant, social club thing. Yeah. Over there actually, in Silverstone. Yeah. Like many, it's been knocked down now. Um, but that was good fun. That was worked with the, one of the best businessmen I've ever worked with um, was my friend's father, Jim Whitehall. And he was one of them where he'd, he'd have these sportsmen with dinners to 200 people, 200 tickets. Yeah. And he'd sell out every time. Really? Uh, and you just wonder how he did it. And it's because he'd go to Asda and once he'd pick me by his shop and he'd be telling the cashier, you know, about uh, this sportsman's dinner that's coming up and right. then Gordon Banks down there and stuff. And every single person he met, he'd talk about this sportsman's tell dinner or whatever the event was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was really good. Good to watch that from a young age, sure. 15, 16 years really? old. So you kind of learnt a lot of them skills and applied them, would you say? Um, of, of, yeah, I never forgot them. Yeah. So obviously going forward, um, at that age, you didn't realise the significance of that. Uh-huh. But since then I've I you know I've, won, I've got my own restaurant in the mustard pot which you're very familiar with yes of course um, anyone anyone that knows me will have seen we checked yeah. in there <laughs> like yes. as much as you did absolutely right yeah yeah, you, yeah I was going to get you a bed up actually just in case you have any answer to it. Yeah. but anyway without digressing too much um, yeah so when I when I was at the mustard pot massive massive place um, sure. doing things like the gin nights that we used to do the, pair, mm. the pairing evenings five course meals things like that Um that was when I started remembering Jim's techniques from, you know, 13, 14 years, years before. before yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you just got to tell people the word of mouth thing. So I would then start to do that. And and, 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 and yeah, try to take as much from those memories as possible. And Brilliant. I saw Jim recently at a wedding for the first time in years. Yeah, and he hasn't changed a bit. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a wonderful man. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I think that the, the, the reason that I've asked you to be on this today is because I think that you've got such a powerful story for people to, to, to glean information from really because we all have different challenges challenges in our lives yes. and I think that the whole idea of the podcast is to help people realise that they're not on their own that there is some amazing people around them and actually we are capable of doing so much that's at times feeble, feels like we're lost and mm. do you know but but like we can get through this stuff can't we absolutely um so i mean before we do that i mean like one of the things like dave for, for the listeners and the watchers like dave is incredible with accents <laughs> <laughs> so i've got to ask you give me give, give me a little bit of an accent <laughs> can he do that <laughs> nah never <laughs> Love it. i'm not doing an accent camera no um, I'm not. I, I, I with that's. You know, I don't do. You do this every time. He does this at dinner parties, and I'm like, I, I can't. I, I do accents when I'm on my own. Um, and if you, if you ever ask someone to do an accent and, and they're not ready for it, it'll sound horrific. So, <laughs> the, yeah. the if anyone one. wants an accent, just get me drunk and ask me. The, and ask him uh, yeah. The best one though was when you're in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will do that one. <laughs> so can I tell a story? Tell a story. It's a great, it's a great Go story. be quick though. I am be really, really quick. So basically, long story short, uh, I had a French friend called. Antoine, um, it was brilliant, it was fantastic, and he was staying with us when we had the share, the big share house in Sydney. Um, there was like 12 people trying to live in a three bedroom, um, and Antoine was the boyfriend of one of the girls. And basically, he was, 
he felt guilty because he, he didn't want to be staying here all the time or whatever. So he'd, he'd basically spend time with us and then he'd leave on an evening and he'd come back in the morning and we didn't realise that he was actually like sleeping in, in the car. We knew he was sleeping in Kirsty's room but we didn't know why he was doing this thing. And one day, he, all of his belongings that he was keeping down by the dumpsters at the bottom because he didn't want to be, like put things in our in our uh, flat or whatever uh, got taken away by the dump it trunk thing. So I was like, "Oh my God, where are my things? They have gone. They have gone." So I was like, "What you're going to do is like, I need to ring Sydney, right?" So you ring Sydney um, and speak to the council, and they're like, "Okay, you can come and have a look for your bag if you want, um, where it's down at the refuge place." So Antoine's telling me this story when I was in Paris and he was like, basically he turned up at this, this place where they dump all the rubbish, all of Sydney's rubbish. And uh, they basically opened the door and it was just like, you know, acres and acres of just like bags. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh David, it was horrible. I had to wait through the bins, the banana skins. Uh, <laughs> and then he said the best thing I've ever heard, he said. He said, I had to go swimming through all the litter like a dolphin. Right? <laughs> just coming up and out of this garbage. Anyway, he found his bag somehow. Oh, amazing, so amazing, yeah. Dave, what a guy. Well, I, and it's not just an accent. I mean, like, yeah. I, I've not, I don't think I've heard you do an accent that doesn't sound like that. You could pass as being like a local. <laughs> so, so let's really kind of move on to, I suppose, um, some of the things that you've done because you were in Australia, weren't you? You're doing sales out there as well. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. So, I mean, that's that's interesting. That's challenging. Like, yeah, it was uh, trying to sell funeral plans. Uh, right. Where Target was one sale out of about four or five hundred calls. Uh, so one sale yeah, the, from yeah, 500 calls basically right. yeah, it's, it was around that kind mm. of ballpark figure um, really really poor um, funeral plan I'd say yeah, right. yeah, I wouldn't say it was a oh, great the, one the plan was not yeah it was one of those guaranteed to, well, don't bother the details but it was guaranteed power but it was negligible it was like 15 grand right. which in Australia didn't go very far right. wouldn't pay, pay for your funeral do you know what I mean oh, really? so I'd, I couldn't sell it with one thing I, similar to yourself I think I've always said this and, and this applies with restaurants as well. Having pride of your quality, whatever you're selling, whatever your product is, I can't sell it if I don't believe in it. Absolutely. I won't. I won't have poor food getting sent sure. out of the kitchen. Yeah. Um, much like I didn't want to particularly sell that kind of plan unless it was for the right person. Um, if it was someone who was 52 years old, for example, and the, the thing pops up on your screen on the 280th call at day, yeah. and everyone's like, "I'm the, I'm the," um, and you get talking to this person, it might it'll show you the figures. They might get paid 35 grand, and it might cost them 10 dollars a week. And you say, explain that to them, and they say, "Yeah, that's fine." So, well, I've got no guilt. Of course, you yeah. can have that product. That's fine. Sure. But I'm not going to start pushing on people. I yeah, don't of course. Of course. That was just, if like, they're, if they're open stuff. to the receiving the information, we yeah. are having to push. And that's them. that's yeah. all I was willing to willing to do really. Sure. That, um, but that's what any good salesperson should do. I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Sell with integrity. Essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, so you did a few different things, didn't you, out in mm. Australia? Yeah. So, so that, that was the uh, the funeral plans was was the, t the toughest, um, and that was literally doing what everyone else did. You, you go there on this working holiday visa. You go. You saved up a couple of grand or whatever. And well, actually, my friend John uh, lent me the money, bless him. Uh, he's got it back now. Yeah. Uh, rest assured. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, and, and then you blow it all in the first seven weeks. You go out every night, you know, everyone in the hostel's there. Yeah. And so, all of a sudden, you look at your, your bank balance or whatever, uh, and, and you've got about $300 left. So, yeah. you're like, right, I need to get a job. So, that was the first one. That was the, uh, the, the get the job, whatever, just sure. to get some income. Sure. Um, then I started selling the e cigarettes eventually. And that, that was wonderful. It was a cracking little thing there because I did believe in the product. Sure. It was helping people stop smoking. They had never really heard of it in Australia at that time, whereas um, I'd seen it booming over here early. Sure. So 
and going over there finding the the guys that I worked for were Israeli Russian guys um, yeah nice brothers uh, but they were very sort of uh, lucky lucky uh, in their sales okay. they had cosmetics that was yep. their main thing right. so that's selling platinum face cream and stuff I don't even know what, <laughs> I don't know what it is but yeah that's <laughs> Um, and they still do. They've got a shop in Sydney now on the high street. Um, yeah. But they they pretty much let me kind of run the e-cigarette thing because I knew more about it than they did, and, sure. and they respected that to an extent. Um, and yeah, did did pretty well with that um, until uh, we'd got four kiosks that I was running at one point. Um, they were doing quite well, and then they wanted to expand and get a shop. I thought right. brilliant. Yeah. We we and we had the first e-cigarette shop in Sydney. There you go. Fantastic. Right. Yeah, it sort of was, but they wouldn't do any marketing for it. They wouldn't oh. do any promotions or nothing. They got this unit at the bottom of the shopping centre where there's no, no, there's no footfall, footfall either. Yeah. So then they expected like queues out the door on the first sure. day, but no one knew it was there. They wouldn't even put flyers out, which was a oh. massive shame. And that was yeah. the beginning of the end for that, really. Right. Obviously, the rent for that was quite high. They, then they naturally went back to what they knew, which sure. was the cosmetics, and it just petered out. And, um, and, I, uh, and I left Australia shortly after that, uh, which was, that was tough, wasn't it? I was living with a girl. Sure. Living, uh, loving my life on the beach, but I was homesick. You know, yeah. I had a girl, um, Iranian girlfriend there, uh, amazing girl, really, really cool. Never argued, um, really got on, just solid. She sold the earth, and um, this is probably the hard. This was the first hardest thing, um, if you know what I mean. Sure. Like the first significant. Yes, event. absolutely. Um, so we had a, we had a place right next to the beach. Um, she was working, I was working. Like I said, we always got on so well, and then. Um, I just didn't feel right. Really strange. Um, so I, we were working, we were comfortable financially, um, we were comfortable with the house, good friendships, everything ticked every box. But for some reason, I just wasn't, I really had to describe, but I just didn't feel right. Sure. Um, so then she was getting upset because she couldn't make me feel happy. Sure. And I was trying to feel happy, but you can't force it. Yeah, and um, long story short, we, we decided, or I decided on a, on a date to come home. Really? Um, and because she was Iranian, she couldn't, Come back here. Just couldn't stalk you. Um, oh, yeah. Come here. <laughs> oh, oh, um, so yeah, so we literally had to pick a date and say goodbye at the airport. Yeah. And this relationship. So, was, so let's look at that for a minute. Then. So like, looking mm, back on that, yeah. you know, why do you think it is? Do you, have you discovered? Why think you about it a lot. Um, still, not really sure. Um, I, I think there might have been. Well, the, the questions. One question is whether actually the relationship I was wanting it to be perfect, but maybe I wasn't truly in love with this girl like oh. maybe the, sometimes you, uh, you, there's like um, the cliche of a spark or mm -hmm. you know this thing I don't know but I know there's some people you know you talk a lot about and, and you, it, really, it resonates with me about this kind of surround yourself with people and make you laugh and smile like yeah, yeah, she yeah. did that yeah. but th there was very rarely any belly laughs it might have been a slight difference in culture or something sure. like that whereby, sure. whereby maybe um, I loved her as a person, but maybe there, there wasn't enough to kind of satisfy. Oh, um, I don't, you know what I mean? Maybe I it's that. Yeah. So it could be that. The other thing could be was that that was actually was perfect and that it was simply powerful homesickness mm. and been so far away from my family. I've been yeah. very close to my mom. Sure. Um, always have been. And, uh, and also another thing, another element of it, which is quite likely is that the age that I was when I left to go to Australia, I think I was 20. Two or twenty-four? Came back in two thousand fourteen. So what's that? Yeah, twenty. I mean, twenty twenty-two. I think when I went over there. So, but I mean, just two years at that point. We I left all of the close group of friends we had with my friend John, who let me. So we both went. So if you think about it, that gets frozen in time for us. Mm. So we got over there. We spent two years there or whatever. Sure. And then you expect to come back, 
and it'd be exactly the same. All the lads are still sat in the pub, you yeah. know, they're like, oh no, you come back and three of them have had kids. And yeah, them, you know, things. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're spread out over England and, and the world sometimes, yeah. you know. Yeah. And actually, that, that thing that you, you thought you missed in terms of being homesick wasn't even there, no. which is no. a really interesting point. I can see that, yeah. I can see that. Um, so. Anyway, so I came back. It is. It's really, yeah. it's really. So I think any of those three things could have contributed, or all three, to mm. to the, the, this kind of unsettled feeling I had sure. there. Um, but I, it was with quite strong conviction that I knew I had to come home. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So then you came back, and yeah. this is when you got into the into the, the restaurant business. Back into it, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I did sort of dabbled before. Um, um, I can't remember. I think if I. Was, yeah, well, I came back anyway. I worked here. Um, came here, so I, I basically didn't have a job so again. Um, so uh, I think I came in and just asked, inquired, you know, sure. whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I'd worked here before for a bit, just before Australia. Sure, because you're local here anyway, aren't you? Like yeah, I've always been, you know, around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, I came back. Did, worked, did a few shifts here. Got, in, got back into the restauranty thing. Mm -hmm. Um, then went up to the another place, um, Morgan and Austin's just up the road, um, helped out there. It was a bit restricted and um, it, it was it was a waiting job end of the day, mm. do you know what I mean? So mm. that's fine, uh, bar and waiting, whatever. But I, I, I'd, by that point, I'd got quite um, quite decided ambition um, to, I wanted to, to, to get my own restaurant, which yeah. sounded ridiculous, but, but Australia sounded ridiculous before that. And, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. you know, so you kind of go, well, it sounds ridiculous, but Okay, and the fundamentals that I ended up sort of focusing on, and and uh, and obsessing over, which I still do, was when you go out for meals yourself, um, you myself, we, we, and you go, and it's what you see, you know, what your experience is, and I always just found that like, it just seemed a lot of subpar restaurants, mm. like simple mistakes were made, and you're always going to get that, like yeah. that. Here we'll make we make simple mistakes. Don't get me wrong, um, but. There was some way you just there's a lot of subpar restaurants where it's it's not it's, it becomes almost ignorance rather than rather than a human error or something like yes. that. Yes, you know whether it be music being played incredibly loud or yeah. you know you don't gangster rap with you when you're with your grandma on a Sunday lunch, for example. You know, yeah, you've got a bit um, of two pack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and some places just neglect that you know the the playlist for the music or. Um, Staff walking around looking sure. particularly unhappy, but un but you can you can allow for one, but when it's consistent, you know. So, like looking at that, then, mm. do you think it's like in your experience of working with staff now from from the, the pubs, the restaurants? Do you think it's down to ignorance, i.e., they don't know any different, mm. or? Because ignorance is a funny word. Or is it though? Naivety or ignorance? Yeah, or is it down to the fact that? They just have no self awareness other than what's going on inside themselves. Like, like they can, they're not aware yeah. of anything around them. They don't, they're not self aware themselves. They don't know what's going on around yeah. them. So they just kind of. Well, it depends. It depends on who you mean by that. Because there's, there's, um, first of all, just going back about the, you're right. The ignorance is quite interesting one because ignorance and naivety are the two that you look at. I look at when I look at this kind of situation. And like you say, ignorance is when you're aware of something and you choose to ignore it. So you are, you are, you're almost by an act. You are, you're going. I'm not. You know, for example, there's a fire extinguisher that's broken there by the door, and you know about it, mm. and you don't fix it. 
that's ignorance then, okay. because you, you know, I feel my perception yes. of it, you know, and I, maybe it's a bad example, but that kind of thing. Whereas if you don't realize it, if you don't know what that light means, and it's a warning light, then it's naivety because you don't realize that that's a warning light saying it's not okay. working. So yeah. then you, yeah. you, you're not fixing it in either example, mm. but you're not choosing to not fix it in the yeah. second one. Would you, um, sorry, just, just to go yeah. on to this, because this is fascinating. Yeah. It's one of the things I'm talking about in September is ignorance, because I think that, like, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I, like, someone said to me, like, if you call someone ignorant, Yes. You'd, I, I take that very personally. I think that they've been yeah, really absolutely. rude to you. Yeah, it's quite a but strong word. If you look in the dictionary for the word ignorance, what it actually says I is that. Yeah, we have. We've talked about this, yeah. haven't we? It actually says it's a lack of information. Mm. That's what it says. It's not about having information and choosing not to use it. <sighs> yeah. It's, just... it's saying, the dictionary says that ignorance means that you, you have a lack of information. Maybe we have to trust the dictionary, yeah. but yeah. I don't know if that's. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I suppose what we what the other have we twisted what maybe so. Maybe, maybe using the fire extinguisher as an example is maybe it's not ignorance. Maybe mm. it's negligence. Yeah, yeah. Well, that brings that's another thing, isn't it? So, so but maybe it's we should, so should we start using the word negligence? Instead of ignorance? <laughs> maybe I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm uh, sort of thinking of ambulance yeah. chases, though, yeah. don't you? When you said <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Um, so yes, where were we? Sorry. Um, so, so yeah, we're talking about like the staff. Oh yeah, and, okay. And so awareness so, and, and, and and who is it? So who is making these decisions? So um, if you have someone like uh, an owner, for example, who's not not present on 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 site. Here we have two owners that we have weekly meetings. I got one there today. Um, um, they're, they're they're excellent. I've got to say that, but they actually are. They've been very supportive since I've come here, as you know, um, yeah. and that's good. Now they then. Let, let me kind of take the lead, um, which I really appreciate, sure. um, which is working quite well. Now, what that means is obviously I look at what the important factors are here, um, fundamentally. So I always go back to a core basic of, um, excuse me, so I have three variables, maybe for want of a better word, that, that make, a, make an excellent customer experience on an evening. Uh, on a, when they come out for a meal, lunch, sure. evening, whatever. whatever it is, yeah. So, and they are quite simply the people, i.e. the person that people serve you, um, the staff generally, the atmosphere, the environment, candles on tables, that music we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. the temperature, sure. the visuals, yeah. you know. And then the food itself. Sure. Uh, is, it, is it hot, tasty, presented, yeah. all those kind of things. But those, those three, within those three, obviously there's a lot more coming What's out. What's the most important? What's number one? None of them are more important than the other. Do you not think? Food, you'd say, you'd have to say food, but the reason I say none of them are because if you don't have the other components, then it's pointless. If you, what I've said to my staff is that if you can fulfill two of those three, then generally speaking, you're probably going to get away with it. Not that you want to get away with it, no, you no, want to be excellent. Mean, though, yeah. But yeah. if you do two things those wrong, so for example, if you get all three of them right, the customer is always going to be happy. They're happy with the food, they're happy with the service, they're happy with the atmosphere and the yep. environment, yep. so they're going to come back. Yep. If you do one of those things wrong, let's just pick any. Let's pick, you pick one. What you, so a few of them you can do. Well, that's like service. Service, right. Service is bad. So you've, 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 you've had to go walk up to the bar for your drinks or you um, no smiley staff or whatever, maybe a bit, bit, bit flat, um, maybe even a little bit rude, you know, potentially, without going serious levels. Sure. Then that suffers. But with the other two components, if the food is fantastic and the atmosphere and environment is fantastic, well, actually... You're probably gonna give it another chance. Right. You're probably gonna say, "Well, yep. the service is a bit crap, yep. but we'll we'll give it another go yep. um, because the food, food is excellent." Yep. If you choose a different one, so the service is great yep. and the atmosphere and the environment were great, but the food was a bit so bad, was a mistake, you know, it was a bit, a bit yep. cold and they had to send it back or something. Then, if you've done the other two things brilliantly, 
if you're having really personal with the customer and you're getting on really well with they'll them, probably give you serves, a yeah, they probably would give you another chance because yeah. then by by they're giving the food another sure. chance and by say, extension. And, and exactly the and same. Yeah. But, however, if you do two of those things wrong, mm. if the service is bad and the mm. food's bad, but the environment's nice, yeah, no chance. Yeah, 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 makes sense. If the, if the environment's poor sure. and the food's poor, but the service is great. They yeah. probably like you, but would they totally, really come back? Totally make it sense. not, I think. So that that's how I look at it. And it, of course, it's, it's not black and white, but those are the guidelines that I, I think set. Really, I think they are so, so yeah, powerful. If you can try and stick to those three, yeah. and, and then you, that's that's how you start, and that's how you keep it simple. And I think the one that's the easiest to influence out of any of them is the people. I think so. I agree. Do you know, that's the Absolutely easiest right. thing that you can do, and it, it's such a powerful impact. That's why we continue to come back. When you had mustard yeah. pot, is because the service in there was not just it wasn't service you know it was far beyond the service yeah. it, it was you were it was like you, fantastic stuff. yeah it was like you were yeah. seeing friends you know, they, were, they didn't just yeah. serve you they talked to you they communicated with you they sat down with you they you know they, they, they became part of the actual entire experience it yeah. wasn't just there you go or walking past and saying how's everything yes is that all right? Because <laughs> we're in Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> I had that the other day in the place. I'm not going to say where. But I actually wanted to order something on the menu. And she went, and she, she actually came and she went, we haven't got any of that. <laughs> what else does I want? <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Toby Carver. <laughs> oh, really? <yeah. laughs> what else does I want? No. <laughs> we haven't wow. got any of that. Yeah. yeah but, it, it, but it may, yeah. like, we'll never go again. No. And it's those those kind of things those kind of experience that I had which made me want mm. this is going right back to what I was saying earlier that, that gave me the push the impetus to, to try and get me on because I wanted to create that with mustard pot I didn't know it was mustard pot the and, and I mean the, the mustard pot I mean that was a major success yes what ended Within, in, ended in a bit of a failure uh, yeah but failure is an understatement I think. but I mean like you, you took that place from doing low four figures yes to the mid range five figures per week yes Per week, yeah. So you were doing over half a million a year, yes, from a cold start, yeah. In your first business, yes. That's incredible. It's good fun. It's good. Service great. Food great. In a broken kitchen, by the way. In a broken kitchen. <laughs> Voted number one in was it in South Yorkshire for Sheffield, the for the vegan for the thing. vegan yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, we introduced the vegan food. Uh, by, um, I, I still find this quite interesting so I, I love this concept I've had a couple of reasonably good ideas in my life and I think this is one of them um, and it was that being the first year and as, as John was just saying that the um, the turnover went from yeah like mid four figures to uh, mid five figures but it needed it costed about 11 grand a week to, to float that place really mm. um, because of the, the extortionate rent and, and well loads and loads, loads of cost. things yeah. um, the brewery. so what, what it, yeah, yeah basically <laughs> yeah. so what it meant was that when we come to like periods like September where you've had you might have had a good a good summer in our first summer we sure. got quite good yeah. um, but you know you're going to get a natural dip yeah. Um, and that natural dip would, you know, mid September yeah. into October, and sure. with it, when it's costing so much weekly to run, it would, may not have been big budget at all. Went sure. to, with a very low one, to, sure. probably the lowest you possibly could go yeah. into any place. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Never mind one that size. Sure. Um, and then, the fact that we live on the edge of the Peak District, so we get, oh yeah, we get three inches of snow. Yes. Sheffield and Barnes yeah. have not got a drop. That is as well. 
Uh, and we're in the middle of nowhere, so it's a destination place. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. So, um, yeah, so the thing was, it was like, right, so you're going to have a natural dip and you're going to probably go from below this, we went from this you know, 12, 13, 14 grand down, down below the 10 to 8, 9, 8 grand. Yeah. What are you going to do? How do, we, how do we sustain ourselves when that dip comes? And it was, he was trying to push for the non seasonal market. And the non seasonal market, in my mind, was the vegan market, mm. exponentially mm. growing, um, as it will continue to do so in the sure. UK, definitely across the world, I expect. And, um, it seemed very sensible to do that and from the day from the first the very first menu we always had a vegan dish on it so it wasn't neglected from the start it was very important for us to to uh, have clear clear options for the gluten-free stuff from the, the for the celiac the side and obviously the vegans mm -hmm. as well uh, and fish dishes for pescatarian etc but sure. but but these but the vegan thing specifically um i thought was one that that needed because there's just so much sort of uh, Negligence from restaurants in with regards to the vegan food you get. In my experience, and again, naming absolutely no names, sincerely, um, but seeing chefs whose response to vegan food is quite passive and dismissive, mm -hmm. and um, and it, it's fine, you know, you, they, they get a lot of flack sometimes, the vegan community generally, but I think, again, it's, it's people, I don't really understand it. I, I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit outdated now, sure. the, why they get, because what you used to get was sort of, um, you used to see on the television sort of militant vegans, you yeah, know, they're kind of, of yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. hanging outside butchers' shops and, and berating and whatever, which you sure. still get on occasion. People are probably just ignorant to yeah. veganism. Yeah, exactly, that's what I mean. So I think now, it, I think that, you know, you don't see that as much, I definitely don't. What I see is I see lots of different people want, having a certain diet type mm. for different reasons. Some people do it for health, some people do it sure. for, um, for, for ethics, you sure. know, animal cruelty, etc. some people do it for the environment, you know, because we're all trying to save the environment. We've got paper straws, so why can't we become vegan and save some money? Yeah. Not that I'm vegan, by the way. No, 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 but, sure, but, sure. But, I, but I've got, I think there's so many different reasons why people could choose a diet. I think now this kind of criticism of it is getting outdated quite quickly. Quite I think yeah. that the the, um, the diet itself, the vegan sure. diet, will continue to grow, and therefore to adopt it as we did was a non-seasonal market, which sure. is, which is why we found quite a lot of success. We, we marketed that quite well, and then we had I think it was five dishes, um, five really good strong vegan dishes on the menu, um, which would attracted quite a lot of attention, and it worked. It, it sure. pushed us got us you know an extra x amount a week yeah. which pushed us just over what we needed and you did to, so much you brought a lot of creativity <coughs> in there didn't Excuse you, you know, like with the menus and with yeah. the wine the gin the, yeah, the yeah, evenings the live like music like i say it's great fun yeah uh, really good fun and i and i'll hopefully replicate that here we're planning yeah. a, a wine pairing night in a couple of weeks we just talked about later yeah, anyway, yeah. so yeah and um, yeah. hopefully start doing more stuff like that and keep it going and make, make it fun sure. and, and the staff love it then and the yeah. chefs enjoy it because it's different and all that kind of stuff so Absolutely. keep that culture going yeah and then i think that through a series of bad luck yes um some Bad decisions because we all make bad decisions. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You, learn, no, you don't learn from the bad. You, don't, you, you don't. learn from the bad ones, not the good ones. Absolutely, you learn very little from success. Do you? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that through a, a few different things that stacked up and stacked up and stacked up, it got to a stage where you know, like you, you were very fortunate to get out of there alive. Yeah. And I mean that not with yeah. pun intended, but the yeah. kitchen was on fire, yeah. <laughs> and you was above it in your bedroom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. There was. Um, so what? What? What happened? Just. Um, we had a, an instance, basically the kitchen was dangerous. Like I said earlier, none of it really seemed to work. And um, I knew that the, the, it, it was 
fault. We, we had we had people coming um, sent on behalf of the pub company to yeah. check this thing, and they're saying to me that with this needs fixing this. So I ring the pub company and say, can you fix this? I said, no, it's your responsibility. And he was yeah, like, yeah. But it wasn't condemned though, was it? it was, no, it wasn't condemned. This was the yeah. thing. It was just like, it was just really dangerous. Um, but, but obviously not dangerous enough for them to condemn it. Therefore, sure. it was still workable. Yeah. So I, I said, I'm, it would have cost 40 grand, probably. Ballpark, 30, 50, I don't know, 40 yeah. grand. Um, to, to repair it and get the, the kitchen to where it needed sure. to be. Sure. Um, which I didn't have. So this was back in May, June, maybe. And then so I said, right, random pub company, they wouldn't touch it. I said, well, what can I do? You know, end of the day. So mm. I don't, my, my insurance will be void in X amount of time if, if this carries on. Sure. So I just um, said to them, right, well, I'll, I'll work through summer. We'll, mm. we'll get get the money that, close through the summer. Down, yeah. get, get, close the accounts down, you know, pay off all the suppliers that we need because yeah. obviously we pay weekly. Um, and, that, that, and then come out gracefully at the end and, yeah, sure. and, and, and close it down. And it's a good experience give the staff some time over the summer to get new jobs yeah. and stop mid-September and then the about a week and a half no that's a lie um, a couple of months after that actually I think it, anyway early early August which was right at the start of the summer holidays obviously just at the start when you're going to start getting getting some money through the door um, 7 o'clock uh, 7th of August it was and it was about 4 in the morning this fire alarm went off and there's meant to be a ghost in that place anyway, so I think Fire Alarm probably gone off a couple of times over my tenure there, sure. which was only about 15 months, 16 months. Um, so I didn't, you know, think there's a fire straight away. It went, went downstairs, it's horrible, it was like Resident Evil, like <laughs> really, really loud sirens, flashing red lights yeah. and the thing, like complete darkness. <laughs> we don't think it's... Anyway, looked in the kitchen, the smoke everywhere then, and the electric fryers well one of the two the other one was broke anyway the uh, the other side of it the only remaining working fryer had started up um, in the night it's an electric one so it doesn't need a pilot light um, mm. the thermostat obviously wasn't working and it was bubbling and you don't see fryers bubble they shimmer they don't <laughs> bubble and it, was, it was you could see all the black stuff coming to the top oh, no all way. the burnt stuff from the bottom yeah. yeah it was pretty scary so it wasn't on fire at that point and then uh, it just kept heating up I checked make sure it was off and I had photos on my phone because I was sending them to me head chef just go am I doing something wrong here like because <laughs> um, you don't you know it's half for it money you know should I put the stuff I should have wiped all the fuse box stuff but I didn't think do some sure, sure, down, sure. you know anyway long, but, um, my housemate walking around bleary eyed got my dog outside made sure they were out and then it had gone on fire then so oh. it went fire again and you just yeah, wipe the old kitchen out pretty much. But I turned the extractors on, which saved the building. Otherwise, yeah, that would that, that, that would have gone, would have gone and yeah, that would have yeah. been tragic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so then, so then, just when you've kind of made the decision, then that you actually you, you, you're kind of coming out of the place. Yeah, and you're ready to move on and get on with your life. Yeah. They decide that they want to take you to court, or the council want to take you to court. Oh, everyone wanted to take me to court. Everybody wanted to piece it, didn't they? Yeah, so yeah. Like, it was a free for all. Um, uh, yeah, not cool. So like um, everyone wanted some some some, yeah, some blood, didn't I they? Had, Not a pound of flesh. You know, hundred percent. So I mean, I had nothing left in bank anyway. So uh, at this stage, you were at this stage, you were I, in debt. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, at this stage, um, I were I had suppliers that I needed to pay weekly. Um, I had you know X amount left in the bank that wasn't enough. It was nothing really. Yeah. Know, worth mentioning. Sure. Um, the brewery had got your deposit. Brewery had got my ten grand deposit, nine grand, whatever it was. Um, Twenty grand loan that I took out to to get to, in. to get into in the first yeah. place, paying four hundred quid a month, whatever. Sure. I had to put a block on that. Um, the parents, 
my dad was alive at the time, paid, uh, lent me 20 grand as well. So it was just this, all this money, which, which was, and, and there's a huge amount of guilt behind that when you borrow money off your parents, sure, you know, sure. they, there's a huge amount of responsibility. You feel like you don't want to let them down. And, and if, if this doesn't work, it's not just personal yeah, loss, yeah. It's, it's their loss, you know. Of course. Um, and my dad, God bless him, he, he, I couldn't believe he agreed to it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, they're, they're not wealthy people, you know, sure. so it was, it was a huge kind of commitment, commitment from them. Yeah. Um, but one that was they believed in you yeah yeah very supportive very touching yeah. actually and very humbling when you've, when you've got that but support but then just from, just when you're ready you've made that you've cut ties by yeah. now you're ready to come out and then all of a sudden everyone comes after you yeah so that the the, the, the position I was in was, was way backwards in, in terms of ne- negative financially you know anyway um, the only money money in the bank obviously everyone wants you know it, it might have been two and a half grand or something like that but there was business rates wanting thousands and uh, HMRC, you know, because mm. obviously, of this is fun, isn't it? The fact that you can have a business that turns over, like you said, about half a million or whatever in that period of time, um, that not one penny of its profit, and yet they're trying to take, you know, X amount for the VAT, which which was about 30 odd grand or over yeah, that period, yeah, it was yeah, more, sure. more, about 50 odd grand. Sure. So I was paying as much as I possibly could to the VAT man each week. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't improve, I couldn't put the prices up because people aren't going to pay, mm. you know, if I put it up, people won't come. So it, it just seemed really, really silly that to me that, I'm, that you're trying to start a new business as a young person. And I just think you, don't, you should, I just don't think sure. it's right. It just seems it's there to cripple you. Of course. Um, so anyway, they wanted tens of thousands, um, various other suppliers. Brewery wasn't playing ball. Oh, everything. Every, everything. Everyone. Business rates, uh, the, the, the name of the account was under my name not the limited company which it should have been from the start but I didn't fill in the forms enterprise did they fill yeah, it in wrong, yeah. so. and then so then you got took to court so I had to get to, yeah so I went to court won that one which well not won it does sound like it no. it wasn't like a crown court I got it overturned so the, 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 the right. but it's a lot of stress a lot of you know terrified letters coming through the door it, exactly so, that how, was so, it. so like how do you get through all this? Like, because you you're now fighting for something that you know you, you don't have no more. You're no longer part of it. It's yes. not like you've still got the business. No, um, the business is gone. Yeah, and and you're still having to fight cases and yeah. go through the, the trouble. Yeah, and you like, don't you don't know why you're doing it. Yeah, sure. So I mean, like, what what pulls you through that? How did you get through that? Um, writing things down uh, on occasion. Um, I I do I, I do I do suffer from. I'd say anxiety, depression occasionally, like, like a lot of people do. Um, so sometimes, some days you can't. Some days mm-hmm. it w- was really, really tough, you know. Um, lent a lot of my, my parents, um, stayed with them for a couple of weeks and just tried to get it, just tried to say, right, okay, let's look at absolutely everything and just do things one by one. This is what I've done in, in many cases, just not with any with, with that sort of sure. like magnitude or whatever. Um, writing things down and just saying like what's what's the list and for how much do we own where does it, where does it need to go and, and which ones which ones are urgent which ones aren't you right. know um, and try not to let everything it's very easy to say that and I don't really know how truthful to, because obviously the, what happened was as you know um, the that was all happening jet started out turning to court here and there and ringing and talking to this person and, and trying to get everything under the limited company just so I've got that cover there whereas yeah. some of it wasn't you know sure. Just trying to neaten it up a little bit, um, but then my dad died. Yeah, and that. So just when you were starting to see yeah. some some clearance and, and make some some kind of 
room with ahead. just about yeah i'd got some employment then so i'd just i'd got another job you got a job i'd i'd, 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 I'd the, the the letters got less yeah you know you just yeah. ticked a couple off sure. here and there and you got a little bit more organized in my brain and um i put some things on hold and you know things like credit card and just sure. just hold it right just hold it that's yeah. fine it's still yeah. gonna kill me anything at the end of the day things like the credit card and the loan it's like if i ain't got any money i can't pay it Right. you know and that's they're not going to they're not going to put me in prison they're not going to kill me like right. it's just just speak to them um and i must admit that the you do you do realize then that there is actually a level you can hit where they, they can't actually do anything they right. just so these companies yeah, yeah. It's, it's a case of, as long as i was communicating and saying right this is my situation sure. um and that's the most important thing there the communication but that's the same for life isn't it yes in everything communication 100 yeah um 100 that's yeah, right so so then just when you started to see some some headway. yeah we got we got some organization yeah. there started work again yeah. a new job so at least i was earning money and not falling or losing all sure, the time sure. and everything and then your dad and died and then my dad died yeah last time i saw him at christmas last time i saw him alive at christmas day and his dad was christmas day as well which is weird mm-hmm. so that was tough um that was really really hard so he died on the 12th of january so that was like three weeks there um where do you go from there? No. Yeah. So that's that's yeah, that was that. So, um, so yeah, just that hit me hard, as you know. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Still does, obviously. It's only a few months ago, isn't it? So. I know. I know. Yeah, totally. Mm. And, but then, but then, through all of this, yes, I think it shows how we, how incredibly strong we are as human beings to to bounce yeah. back. I mean, like you now, like we were just talking about this the other week, wasn't it? Last week, actually, yes. saying that. We went out for food and we were saying about like you're back, like like Dave's yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got flair. Well, he's got like creativity. Just, as you know, I, I don't always I, I deviate on tangents sometimes, and, and one of these tangents is this: going back to the mustard pot briefly, and come and looking at the Australia thing that we mentioned earlier. The when I had the mustard pot in the first few months, it was the first time in my life that I felt fully there fully grounded fully fu- fulfilled it's you yes. know i love the words fulfillment yeah. perception my favorite word so um fulfillment yeah so after australia where i felt i was you know, so fulfilled from this 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 but i was missing a huge part of something i didn't know what it was yeah. you know this kind of thing and, and before australia obviously growing up trying to find your place in the world and then and coming back and and working in, in the industry that i love but but not having the control over it and and, sure. and, and you know Finally, I felt fulfilled then. Brilliant, yeah. For the first time, and I think when when you you say days back, whatever, it's recognizing what you what that is. That's most important. You know, it's all right. And this is the same in a lot of things. <coughs> excuse me. That you can you can feel things. You can feel happy. You can feel uh, ecstatic. You, you know, you can feel sad. Whatever. But it's so important to try and understand why mm. you are for, for both because mm. if you understand what and this is what I mean about perspective and fulfillment I, I never stop talking about these two words uh, in, in conjunction because if you understand what makes you happy then you, you've got no, something you to do more yeah, yeah. You, you can access it easier or, or you know whatever and, and if you understand what makes you sad then you know how, how you can try and plan how to deal with that sure. um, and by extension you, you can apply it to absolutely any emotion any feeling or any situation mm. really understand what it is how it works and and then obviously you can you can replicate it you can develop it or you can avoid it sure. you know depending sure. on what the situation is so yeah um when we said days back yeah absolutely i've got a project here now um which is, is 
probably give me fulfillment. It's it's one of them where I want to four in the morning every day writing stuff down, and as I I I have done, and I don't mind doing that because it's it's enjoyable to me. It's 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 fascinating. It's brilliant. Fantastic. So I mean, that's that's a it's an interesting journey. I mean, Mm. we could probably sit down. We could do this for (laughs) another eight hours and dissect it piece by piece. Because I don't think quite easy like. Yeah, yeah. But I think that throughout this journey that you've had so far, what's been something that's like what's been really um, valuable to you? What's helped you? Oh, is there any is there anything that you've done? Is there anything people been? Is it, what? Yeah, people. Um, always people. I think the um, I've met a lot of different people, and I love people. I really do. Um, got friends all over the world, um, and and I don't know. I just love. I, I love listening as well. You know, there's a thing about where it's just it's really pleasant when you've got different cultures and you, you know different influences sure. and you know there's people of all shapes and sizes um canadians and americans and japanese and chinese and german and french and whatever sure, yeah. australian obviously I, the, the different cultures mean that you get to, it's, i just love being abroad mm. i love being abroad i don't mean on holiday i mean I am an old year when I got but I, I mean I do, it's not that it's not the relaxing side that, that I necessarily no, no it's, it's, it's speaking to different yeah. people with many different accents yeah. uh, but 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 the, what interests them you know which accent's your favourite no no I, I can't I couldn't possibly tell you a favourite um, um, but um, yeah I don't know like uh, I just think you can get loads and loads and loads of an interesting perspective for yourself when you when you see other people what what they what they have value and value in whether it be the different types of food that you mm-hmm. eat when you're abroad or Definitely. whether it's a different culture you know going to Amsterdam yeah. I love Amsterdam Amsterdam's yeah. brilliant um, the the friendliness and the, the going and that's a cliche too but like being in a cafe I was in a cafe in Amsterdam right and I sat down I was reading my book and having a coffee and there was just me and this other guy over there and the, the girl behind the counter. And she basically just watched her and she says, can you just watch the bar for a bit? I'm just going out there five minutes. And I was like, what? Like, like you know, like, <laughs> sure. you know, yeah, exactly. Um, he just watched the bar and I'm just going like that. Like, um, so I was like, well, we, okay, yeah, fine. And she just left. She went five minutes, yeah. came back come in a back, bit, yeah, 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 loaf of bread or whatever, and was about behind the bar. Like, look, it's like that trust, like, you know, you know what? Yep. That little thing, it's just a different experience that you, know, you, you can get to. So people's been really People, important. massive influence, yeah. Um, but I don't know, I don't really know. I don't know what. It depends on the specifics. It depends on what you mean specifically in terms of what's affected what. Um, but 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 I've always found that there's people who are inherently good, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's lots of exceptions, but um, sure. You, you, that I love that Amsterdam example, and I think that That's good, we, we, yeah. But I think we all we all do that little bit. You can go like, you go the extra mile with people, whether it's friends or sure. people you don't even know yet. Um, that's why I love the customer service side of this job because you can just making people happy makes yeah, me happy yeah, and then yeah. it's saying I'm not alone in that it's saying for yourself sure. you know, that's, that's why you do a lot of Absolutely. what you do um, I know that it, yeah. it's, it's um, yeah it's that, that, what's, what's been some of the best advice you've had throughout this journey um, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever, ever heard well I read it actually on Reddit I read it on Reddit, Reddit, on Reddit. Um, well, there was a question on there which was if you could um, if you could get some advice from your for your th- if you could give your 13 year old self some advice what would it be mm-hmm. and the, the most upvoted wonderful comment was that sometimes in life you can do absolutely everything right and it still won't work um, 
and by um, what we're saying earlier about this, you know, looking into why things and how things mm. work. Well, just dissecting that for a second, it means that, but for a start, we're very ego egotistical as human beings. So we've a, a penchant to sort of believe it's like it's like the uh, you can do anything you want, you do whatever you want kind of thing, which is great, but. If we believe that to a point where we think, well, I've ticked every box, I've done all the information, I've done all the research, and I'm going to start this business, for example, it's foolproof, it's got to work, there's yeah. no reason why I can't, and it doesn't work. Maybe there's a hurricane, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. something, some, it could be a circumstance that's completely out of your control, and that's sure. the point, you know, you, you can't just believe, and I really appreciate that. Sometimes you can do everything right and it doesn't work, mm. it doesn't work, and that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily wholly to blame or sure. at all to blame, yes. but it's the way we compute things of sometimes, it can, it can build us up too much whereas actually we have to allow room for error margin for other influence external influences sure. that's, that's a really really cool piece yeah. of advice yeah. yeah yeah so it kind of ties in really closer to what i was going to ask you then is that if you could go back to a 20 year old dave mm. and give dave some advice what would it be 20 year old dave um <laughs> it can't be the same answer that you just no no of course <laughs> um of course what i tell him i think there's it wouldn't be a line, it'd be, it'd be a reassurance because there's been a lot of times when um, I've felt vacant, uh, mentally vacant, that, that real depression, that real, real, there's nothing. You know, you've, got, you've lost your drive, you don't know what, you don't want to eat anything, you don't want to leave, for whatever reason, this is over years obviously, different times, but the ones that are really significant, it'd be reassurance. It's always that he's, when you get older, you realize that things have a time, that they have an end, things have, you're not gonna feel like this forever sure. again. There's too many cliches, but cliches are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's true, you know. We're very quick to dismiss cliches mm -hmm. because, but they are there for a reason. I think that, um, yeah, the, the reassurance of knowing it would be a case by case thing, but to that twenty year old, definitely, you know, that you're going to be in these situations where, you know, you've 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 left to go, you love at an airport, and you've you've cried on the plane all the way home, and you've got back to, and and none of you, the friendships have all changed, the places, the people have changed, the place is the same, but, but you kind of, you've 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 lost, mm. absolutely lost. Mm. Um, it's very important to kind of not feel that that's going to be permanent state yes I think yes um, progression development um, new friendships mm. that's the other thing you know there's been times where you felt like you've got no friends you know far side friends but you, no, sometimes I mean, you feel yeah. like you're very, very alone or whatever sure I remember on um, I, I it's just a quick story um, the worst Christmas day I've ever had believe it or not wasn't the last one um, was in Australia and and this is a really good example of, a, of kind of this, the, the homesickness that we touched on earlier in a sense, you know, a really, a really, really glaring obvious example of it was mm -hmm. with, um, we'll try and keep the story a bit cleaner than it actually is. So I, um, I was in this shared house again, a different one, um, and a French are here again, by the way, in this story. <laughs> so it's, it's Christmas Eve and I've got these three bottles of nice wine. I've not really planned anything for Christmas day, but it's fine I'll, I'll figure it out on the day I think I was working on Christmas Eve so you know you don't really think sure. about the next day or whatever. So I got this I thought I'll treat myself to three bottles really nice wine or whatever I'll take it back to the house don't know what I'm going to see 
fell asleep. Next day, get up and it's Christmas Day. And I'm a bit buzzing. I'm like, oh, hey, Christmas Day is like um, Again, no real plan, which we need to talk about plans, actually. Um, and I've got up and I've gone, and there's none of the housemates are there. There's a couple of my friends that are the, and the guy called Ricky from Peru, who is amazing. Rikito Berrios, he's got this fantastic. He's got a great story. He wants me to write his autobiography for him. Um, he wasn't there, he'd gone somewhere. And then the other ones that I got with him, and the only ones that were there left in this flat were, the, were these, I think one of the new guys that I'd never met, a French guy, and four of his French friends, and they sat huddled in a corner over there, and I was like, hi, happy Christmas, and not even one of them just looked up, not one. It's like, right, okay, so that's it. Then I looked out the window, and he's just like drizzling in Sydney and so just drizzling down yeah. like, was like oh. and then suddenly you get that panic it's like it's Christmas day you can't ring anyone at home because it's like daft clock time, time to yeah. it's drizzling I can't even go to the beach or anything yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't really go outside your flatmates so then you're feeling like all your walls are closing and then this flatmate and these French friends are, are far from the not anywhere near talking to me and then you don't know what to do and you just what am I doing here you know Really, really uncomfortable situation yeah, yeah, yeah. then. And anyway, fortunately, I'd, um, there's a guy called Hamish who, who's from New Zealand who's wonderful as well, Hamish Keenan. And uh, I rang him, and by chance, he was in a similar situation. And it was like, um, so he, he said he'll come over. So Hamish came over. So we had this, we had some wine and just sat there, like, what are we doing? Oh, let's have Christmas dinner. Why, why do we go for Christmas dinner? Only place that's open is a local Chinese. So me and Hamish are going a bit, bit worse for wear, wandering around this drizzly Sydney looking for a Chinese. Went in and ended up barbecuing chicken hearts at about 6 pm. And I, I was just like, it was just the worst Christmas day ever, but at least I had Hamish. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I had yeah. Hamish to, to get through yeah, it. It's brilliant. Sort of thing. Um, yeah. Dave, yeah. there's some incredible stories here. Nice. So to, just to wrap things up, I mean, that's been brilliant. And like I just said earlier, I mean, we could sit here for another eight hours. Oh, and yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe we should many, do that Many time, a tangent, right? yeah. Um, but just, just so for anyone that's watching or listening, uh, where can they find out more about what you're doing right now here? Where, where, where are we? Tell them what it we're, is. We're at the Bells um, in Silkstone, which is currently called the Bells Steakhouse, but a uh, little bit of rebranding going on soon, um, just because, again, going from earlier what we said, just widening that demographic. Um, this place has had a reputation of, for being um, very, uh, very much an occasion place. So, you know, steakhouse, premium, and all that kind of stuff, which is brilliant because it's excellent food and blah blah blah. However, what I do, what what, what I think is important is that if you're coming down here, you, if you bring in a, your grandma and she might want to spend a tenner on a pie, you can do that. If you if you've got a vegan in, in a group of six and you've got a vegan, then she can come down and she's got something or he has got something they can eat as well. So looking at broadening the price a bit, so making it more accessible to people, and um, the quality of the foods, absolutely fantastic. So we've got um, we've got some really cool new dishes coming out soon as well. So we've got those premium ones as well. Brilliant. So, so the pot belly, all that stuff. So like website wise, website wise, yeah, Bell's uh, just text the Bell Steakhouse at the moment. You'll find it. Um, right. Facebook Bell Silkstone. Yeah, you'll find it. Um, and Silkstone is right. it, is it the most beautiful village. Uh, I've lived in and around here, as you know, and it is gorgeous, isn't it? But a lot of history as well. Yep. And stuff like Beautiful, absolutely. Dave, thank you so much for your time. Thank it's you. been absolutely incredible. Cheers. Thank you.